You have reached Pod Level Midnight, a conversation show about sports, movies, and whatever else we find along the way. I'm your host, Josiah Dury. Let's go. Vikings podcast featuring Ryan Lundeen. We are discussing our most memorable moments as Viking season ticket holders. We're doing a top five list, and in part one, we covered numbers five through three on our lists. Be sure to go back and check out that episode if you missed it. In this episode, we'll be discussing our top two most memorable games as Viking season ticket holders, along with some honorable mentions. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation. Yeah, we've gotten to the top two. So we have the same top two. Um, we have attended two playoff games in our career as season ticket holders and overall. Um, the first was our first season as season ticket holders. So as we get into it, we can talk about um, that season as well. Just for me, it was a very special season. That was probably, that's probably still my favorite. If it's just like one season, one team that we've had since we've been season ticket holders is probably that 2015 team um just because this was teddy's second year this was you know Diggs' rookie year coming on um young kendrick's bar kind of starting to assert himself you still have b rob in the mix you still have um everson you have chad greenway you have um just a really you know trey your boy so adrian's still there um just a really fun team to root for they outperformed expectations i would say um came in won the division just a really solid team um the way zim led them the way that they overcame adversity and stuff even i think about that cardinals game that they lost but they played played so well with like so much of the defense out and injured um just really fun team to root for and um, really enjoyed that season as our last season outdoors and our first season as season ticket holders so just a fun ride to be on for that season, but um, it ended in classic Vikings fashion, I should say. Um, And we'll get to that. Is there anything else you want to say just about, you know, that, that season, that 2015 season before we got to the playoffs? Yeah, I would, I would agree with you. That's probably my favorite Vikings team. Um, One I'm particular to to Teddy, Um, big Mm -hmm. Teddy fan always will be, but um felt like we and it, a lot of it probably was being our first season of season or first season as season ticket holders but that team it felt like they were kind of so-so they hit a slump um during the season I think they played and I don't know if the order's right but the Packers hmm. Seahawks and and then the Cardinals um and lost all three of those games Cardinals game was the only one that was particularly close um but, but there was a stretch that, that things didn't look good. And then they rallied to win the division um, by winning, I think, week 17 in Lambeau. Mm-hmm. That was an awesome game. <laughs> That's when Cordero got tracked down by the kicker. <laughs> we are, yeah, so, yeah, so I remember that as well. That So we're watching that at my parents' house. Um, you and I are, like, rooting for – because we're going to make the playoffs either way, but we're, like – if we win the division, we get a home playoff game. Like that would be awesome for us as season ticket holders. Like we've already paid for our season ticket or for our playoff tickets, everything. So we're rooting for the win, even though some would say better to lose and play in the 
and it would have got an easier matchup. Um, Vikings win that game, yeah, at Lambeau. Very low-scoring game, if I remember correctly. Um, Teddy yeah. Bridgewater throws a left-handed pass. <laughs> but the one, yeah, the Cordero play, he breaks loose, has only the kicker to beat, and we're, I think one of us literally yelled, just don't fumble. And yep. he, <laughs> and he fumbled, um, got stripped by the kicker somehow. But yeah, they still did win that game, win the division. I remember how happy Zim was. That was his first time winning the division, um, him and Teddy. So that was really awesome for them. But then, yes, that leads to our home playoff game, um, Vikings versus Seahawks, January 10th, 2016. So yeah. it is negative six degrees at kickoff. We knew this all week. It was going to be cold, super cold. Again, it's outdoors. Um, we, I feel like we embraced it. We were like, this is our chance to experience it. Like people just talk about, you know, the old Met, whatever outdoor we're in, we're in for it. Right. Is that how we felt? Right. I think it is. Yeah. I think we were ready. Um, we're very welcome the experience. We knew this was, this was most likely going to be the last game outside. Um, yes. They weren't going to get another home game no matter what, unless something weird happened, but yeah. Right. Um, felt weird to be so bundled up that you don't even have a jersey or anything showing, but had to be done. Um, had to be smart about it. So remember I had a huge, huge cold on um, among other things, but it was still cold. Um, contrary to that, Bud Grant walks out to do the coin toss in a golf polo, which was one of the most legendary things I've ever seen. Um, and if you haven't seen it, check it out on YouTube because Bud Grant, he's like, he's, I don't know, 86, 88 at this time. Um, and walks out, he's next to everyone else. Like who's all bundled up. Even the players walks out in his short sleeve shirt, crowd goes wild. One other thing that happened, I remember we were on our way to the game and we look and see on Twitter that the, the, um, wheelable Gallahorn that they had been using at TCF had broken in half because it was so cold. Um, so that was another thing that we were dealing with. Like, just Honestly, with the... we should have we known what was to come <laughs> when that when we saw that. But we just figured, you know, it's cold and that doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah I, I, remember, I remember being honestly concerned about, well, what are they going to do? Because that's a, that's a huge part of their, their pregame ritual, or mm-hmm. I guess I'd say, I don't know how much it really impacts the players, but gets the crowd involved for sure. They had something, didn't they? Do they have some sort of replacement? Yeah, they did have some sort of replacement, and they used I don't want to. I guess I don't want to burst your bubble, but the horn itself does not not make the noise. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's something you learn as a season ticket holder. They could have given someone a tiny little horn, and <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, um, the game itself, uh, super low scoring. The Vikings led the entire way, uh, most of the way at least. I think we had, let me pull up the actual kind of score chart, but we had a field goal early. Yeah, it was only 3 nothing at half. Um, so we had that early field goal. The conditions on top of the good defenses on both sides, um, you know, led to a super, super low scoring game, super defensive battle. Um, three, three, nothing a half. Like I said, the Vikings put in a couple more field goals 
in the third quarter. So they're up nine, nothing. A um, couple of really impressive kicks too by Blair Walsh, if I remember correctly. I want, let me see a that's, 43 that's and 47 what, yard kick in the third quarter. And that's what I wanted to bring up. Um, as it, everybody knows what happens in this game, as much heat as Blair Walsh, Blair Walsh, Blair Walsh gets. So in this game to the, the wind is coming from our back and mm-hmm. Blair Walsh hits his field goals, one in the first quarter. And then in the third quarter, he hits a 43 and a 47 yarder. Both of those are Our into end. the wind. Yep. And it's six below. Um, I couldn't believe he made those. At least the second one, like the longer one. Like that was a really, really, one of the best, probably one of the most impressive kicks I've seen in person like that. You know, there's the Kai Forbath one that we're going to get to in the next game. But those were super impressive kicks. Super impressive kicks being there. The ball made a different sound. It mm-hmm. didn't sound aired up. It just sounded like a hard ball because it was frozen. Um, yeah, honestly shocked that those went in. So when did you know that things were that? So the Vikings are up 9-0. Seahawks have done next to nothing on offense. It's the fourth quarter. few different um, kind of inciting incidents happen. When did you know that the that the tide was turning and that we might be headed for heartbreak. I feel like you could pick out a couple of different options. Um, <laughs> one of the ones, and I, I don't remember where this happened in the game flow, Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. in a playoff game fumbles. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I remember correctly, so he fumbles and I'm like, that really sucks. But the Vikings have, have done well on defense to this point. Let's give them a shot. That didn't feel like that. I feel like that was like shoot, but like we're fine. Yep. And th- but I think the Vikings get the ball right back off of Trey Wayne's mm-hmm. pick after that happens. And so we're like, oh yeah, the fumble sucks. But so let's talk about the Trey yeah. Wayne's pick because I think we both had a similar reaction to that as it was happening about how um, important it was. I was ready for it, you know. Like I said, driving the bandwagon. I. <laughs> um, but we needed I him to score. I, I remember yelling, "We, you need to score on this interception yeah. because we're not scoring yeah. otherwise." Yeah, we could not get the ball in the end zone. Use the speed, and Trey. If Trey could have housed that, it would have would have been useful. Off a of deflection, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I'm looking at that right now, actually, the turnovers. So the um, and we're gonna get to this next play in just a second. Um, Vikings had one fumble and it was lost. The Seahawks had two fumbles, neither of them lost. So for me, the play that when I felt, oh no, we're in trouble, like you get that feeling, you know, you've been those that have been Vikings fans for a long time, you know that there's something that will kind of set you off. And it's usually kind of a it seems insignificant to a lot of people, but it's like something weird enough happens that doesn't go your way. And you're like, Oh no, it's happening again. This is it. And this is it. So the Seahawks are driving there at like maybe the 25, 30 yard line. And they snap the ball like 12 yards over Russell Wilson's head, like the worst snap you've ever seen. And we're like, ah, yes, we're either going to sack him or recover this. And, the, and I think the, it's third down. It may have been. I don't. I can't vouch for that. But um, 
and our line is coming through. Like, I don't remember who other than like a couple of our D defensive linemen are coming through. Captain Munnerlin is coming on a blitz and has him dead to rights. But Captain goes, he takes the straight angle, which is where the ball is right now and where Russell Wilson is right now, instead of containing him around to the outside. So Wilson grabs the ball, spins out as he does, as he's so shifty, and throws the ball up to, I don't know if it was Baldwin or I think it was Tyler Lockett, for like a 20-yard gain after this play that looked dead, like they looked like they were, you know, either we were going to get the ball or it was going to be a massive loss for them. So that, when Captain Marlin lost contain on Russell Wilson, was when I thought that this is happening and this is going to go down as one of these Vikings playoff heartbreaks. Um, so from there, they score. And I don't remember if they'd scored a, let me check. Well, it doesn't say they scored 10 points in the fourth quarter, but so this, they scored, scored a touchdown the, after that. Yeah. Scored a touchdown with three twenty-five left. And I must have my game for all wrong. And then the Vikings. So they scored the touchdown first. And I think this is where they scored the touchdown after that play. And then they scored a field goal again after that 46 yard field goal by Houska, which is also a nice kick. Right. Yeah. So it was touchdown. The Vikings had two plays and that was the Adrian Peterson fumble and then Mm. the field goal. Jeez. Yeah. It turned fast. Um, So as we all know, the Vikings then get the ball. I don't know if we have the drive summary, but the Vikings get the ball around like right around midfield. Maybe it's just short of midfield um, with about two minutes to go. And Teddy leads the two minute drive that we need at that time. I don't want to hear anything about Teddy because he no, we did not score a touchdown in that game, but he leads the drive, puts us in position. We have, I remember specifically the out to Kyle Rudolph. He's running down the sidelines getting chunks of yards, getting us into field goal range. We then decide to run the ball a couple times as we're already within like the 15-yard line, right? Um, how did you like that kind of management of the game at that point, running the clock down, playing for the field goal? Here's what I'll say. I wasn't a big fan. I I wanted to keep the ball in Teddy's hands. The more I think about it, with the weather, and and what your defense had done to that point, it makes sense to 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 run the ball, run out the clock. And Blair Walsh has made two kicks that you can't believe he made in the quarter before this. I can't fault the decision. Hindsight 2020, I make a different decision, I guess. Yeah. The one kind of conspiracy theory is that on the last play before, and I don't remember if it was second down or what, on the last play before they kicked the field goal was that Adrian Peterson was supposed to run to the right hash and instead he cut back to the left like he was trying to score or something, and that's how we ended up on the left hash. I don't know how true that is. Um, it shouldn't it matter. My I believe <laughs> I believe it, but like it shouldn't matter. Um Anyways, we end up at, so I don't remember where, so we would have been at the, 
I think it's the Seattle nine. Nine because it was a 28-yard field goal. Um, yeah, either eight or nine. I think it was a 27-yard field goal. 27 from the left hash. So did you think he was going to make it? I wanted to believe, but in my heart, <laughs> I knew he wouldn't. So I was being very um, kind of Doomer Vikings fan at that time. Um, I remember talking to the, I remember turning around cause we're on the opposite end. So we're behind the kick on the opposite end of where the kick is happening. We have a great angle for it. Um, I remember, and there's like a timeout before. So there's a lot of time. Yeah. I remember both of us trying to figure out if, um, if we're going to watch the kicker mm-hmm. or not. Um, one thing I didn't mention with this game, the, the crowd was into it. Um, yes turning around reminded me the guy behind us um and and he was a genius in his own time but was he in front of us us, no he was behind us okay um if you've ever like run a triathlon or or a marathon you see these belts and they've got like four to six different water bottles that people can can use while they're running or biking or whatever it is and obviously negative six at kickoff everybody's bundled up but this guy unzips his jacket and he's got a full bar in one of these triathlons belts he's got they're all in water bottles but one is whiskey one's tequila he's got gin this guy is everybody's best friend and this is obviously pre-covid he's passing out whatever (laughs) anybody wants um there are ways to stay warm from the outside in and there's ways to stay warm from the inside out Exactly. Exactly. So I remember during the timeout, I turned around and I thought, you know, this is our first year. This is our first year season ticket holders. I'm watching the kick. Maybe I'm the good luck charm that doesn't (laughs) have the Vikings miss kicks. That's what goes through my mind. What goes through yours? I remember saying two distinct things. First, I said, for the record, I could make this kick. (laughs) And I have. Not in the game, obviously, but um, second, I turned around to a different guy behind us, apparently, and this guy was like, I don't want to call him a casual, but he was very like, I turned around and I told him, I'm like, I'm going to watch your reaction instead of watching the kick because I don't like, and he was like, oh, it's fine. Like, he he did not think that there's any chance we're going to miss this kick. I don't know where he got off, but um, he didn't know. <laughs> he did not know I was going to hit him. So I did end up, because the timeout was so long, I turned back around. Um, but I remember I saw the ball leave his foot. I did not see the ball that hit his hit the net because we knew it was our angle. Yeah, from our see. angle, there was no doubt about it. He had missed that kick from when it left. When it, once it was over the line, there was no chance. It was, yeah, it was over. It was over in a heartbeat. Blair Walsh from 27 yards left hash. Snap good, spot down. Walsh's kick is up, and it is no good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. He missed it left. That, in that moment, um, was one of the great lessons we've learned <laughs> at, as, as season ticket holders. I remember you telling me, as heartbreaking as this is you don't want to become a meme so (laughs) i 
the kick missed and we sat there for a while yeah distraught yeah out of body experience just laid on the bleachers (laughs) not understanding what happened yeah our first thought was not let's leave and go get warm we sat there for like a good 20 minutes probably after the game had ended um and it was a long walk back to the because I don't think we had any illusions of like the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl this year, but like we talked about, it was a special team. And had they won, they would have been going to play Carolina. And oh, sorry, not Car- yeah, Carolina, or was it the Cardinals? One or the other. I think it would have been the Cardinals because the Vikings. Yeah, because we're like the- we can beat the Cardinals because we almost beat right. the Cardinals already with a depleted team. Yes, so. That was a tough one. Um, Great experience, though. Like, obviously, it's not fun to lose in that way, but part of Vikings history is the heartbreaks. And to me, for me to be able to experience like a game outside in the cold, you know, like we already talked about Bud Grant, the whole thing, um, a playoff game with a classic heartbreak that's like too dumb to make up as far as how bad that kick was how how close of a kick like there's no way she missed that i just remember like looking across the crowd that that day and like you see the breath coming off of everyone and everyone's bundled up and it just looks like what you imagine the old like games at the met looked like so that was really cool just to i'm thankful for that um to be able to be a part of that because we hadn't had any like super cold games that season um that we were at before that. So that I'm just glad for the experience in that sense. Um, even though it was a really, really tough one, um, to, to swallow at the end of the game. Yeah. And I didn't have this mindset in the moment. Um, but that was kind of our first game that Vikings fans will ask you, where were you when when Blair missed the 27 yard field Mm -hmm. goal in the playoffs? And you can say I was there. Um, I mean, I thought I had every emotion imaginable after he missed that kick. I was like, these season tickets were a waste of time. Look <laughs> at me now. Um, I've, I've come off that mindset, obviously, but uh, it was, it was something that it was fun to experience with, with the people that were there. Yep. The saddest Chipotle I ever ate after that when we remember that. <laughs> on our way back not a lot of words and then i went and i remember i went to gti north branch that afternoon and i watched the revenant with my dad so and that was somehow less depressing um (laughs) but yeah the memories i'm telling you like the things you remember from these types of things um the good news is we went to another playoff game which we're going to get to in a minute um i want to go over the all right, so before we get to the the number one most memorable game of our season ticket experience, I want to take a few minutes to talk about a couple honorable mentions. So we've been to, I should have counted how many games we've been to, but probably 20-plus games as season ticket holders now. And we're only doing top five, but there are a few moments we want to mention. Um so we'll start with honorable mentions, and then we're also going to get in, get into um, the games. We've missed a few games. You know, we've sold off a few. We've had a few where one of us could go and the other one couldn't. So most regrettable 
um, missed game we're also going to get into, but let's start with honorable mentions. So uh, I want to start with an honorable mention for, and this, I don't want this to go long because there's, I could talk about this forever, but <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, as we covered, was injured, had a horrific injury, came back. Um, I'll also mention briefly, he, I was at the preseason game, first preseason game of that season, um, 2016. And Ryan was not there. He was on his honeymoon at the time. Um, when Teddy was coming into his own, played great, um, was throwing dimes, was breaking ankles. One of the, just the hype was at an all-time high for Teddy Bridgewater. And then three days later was when his leg fell off. So, um, so that preseason game yeah. was sticks out. Ryan was on like a cruise ship. All I remember is baggage claim, Miami, Florida. I'm watching the highlights of the preseason game. All is well. Mm -hmm. I shut the phone off, go unreachable for the next week, and, mm -hmm. and pandemonium ensues. Yeah, what was the first thing that you saw when you opened your phone? So I, I actually had my phone with me to take pictures, right. and um, we went by this smoothie shack um, in the middle of nowhere that happened to have Wi-Fi. And I was like, hey, I'll connect to the Wi-Fi, just see, check in. On, on what's happening I'm smoothie shack <laughs> <laughs> and so I turn my wi-fi on and these the notifications start rolling in the first one from is from ESPN and it is Teddy Bridgewater tears and that's where the the notification cuts off and by this point I am nervous I'm like okay Teddy Bridgewater's hurt maybe he tore a bicep maybe that's where my mind's going. The next notification I get is from Josiah on Twitter that says, do not check Twitter. And I, at that moment, I knew things were bad. And yeah, I can't, we can't get into it. I could talk about this for an hour. Um, one of the most devastating days of my life, honestly, I'm being serious. Um, but what I wanted to mention is the comeback and the game um, against Cincinnati, this would have been 2017 then. Um, we were at the Cincinnati game. This was later in the season. I believe they actually clinched the division in this game, and the Vikings won pretty big. I can pull up the score. But Teddy came into the game in the third or fourth quarter um, in relief of Case Keenum, and this was he had been active for a few weeks. Um, we can do a whole, like – relitigation of that 2017 season and whether or not Teddy should have been given more of a chance to beat out case kingdom. I would say yes, but we can get into that later. Um, anyways, he, this was his first, he'd been active for a few weeks, but this was his first action. Um, the Vikings won that game 34 to seven. So the moment Teddy comes into the game, um, I thankfully had my Teddy, um, like Teddy bear number five, t-shirt on underneath my jersey i remember like ripping off my jersey and like getting so hyped and everything when teddy came in we had the teddy chance doesn't matter what happened once he came into the game it was backups anyways um but just one of the loudest one of the most emotional uh moments that we've seen um in our time attending vikings games was teddy's return i'm glad he got that moment i wish we could have got more with us but 
it's even as we've seen um, anytime he's come back to Minnesota, um, people still love him here. And I'm glad we at least got to have that moment. Yeah, that was definitely a special moment. I don't know who was chopping onions at U.S. Bank <laughs> Stadium, but it was ill-timed, if anything. Um, it was, it, it's definitely up there as, as a memorable moment, and it was for, what, 10 minutes in the fourth quarter of a game that was a blowout. So. Yeah. I will say, I don't think that he was ready to take over full-time in hindsight, but if you give me, like, Healthy Teddy versus healthy Case. I'll take healthy Teddy every time, but we're going to get to more with Case later. Um, the one other honorable mention I will mention is our first year at U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, or sorry, not U.S. Bank Stadium, TCF, the, the artist formerly known as TCF Bank Stadium. Um, <laughs> it was against the Chargers, right? Was this moment, which was Chad Greenway, intercepting a ball inside of the 10 yard line inside the red zone and returning it like 92 yards somehow for a touchdown with the like if you've heard like the old nfl calls of like rumbling bumbling stumbling like this was that times 100 like absolute chaos is happening on the field we have no idea what's going on there are flags everywhere there is half the like (laughs) sideline has been ran over by who knows what um, just a really bizarre moment, but Chad Greenway scored a touchdown and somehow it was allowed to, to stand. Yeah. He just might've been the slowest person on the field. It, it, to me, it seemed like every teammate took it upon themselves to get Chad Greenway into the end zone. And it seemed like they would run past him, catch a block. Chad Greenway would pass them. And then the other person would catch up and run past Chad Greenway again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happened was, and the reason we were like skeptical, right behind the play, someone had run into the Viking or the Vikings bench had like come off too far onto the sideline and like interfered with one of the refs. So there was a flag and like there had been a major collision and like bodies were down all over the place. So we thought it was coming back. Like there were flags. So we were like, this is exciting. But at the same time, we didn't think it was going to be a touchdown or it was going to stand. Um, but that ended up just being a warning of some kind or like not enforced on the play or something. So it was allowed to stand. And yeah, one of the great feats we've seen, I mean, Linval Joseph scored his pick six one year. Um, that was a road game, but that was probably, probably the more iconic play. Um, but yeah, very, when you see something like that happen, football is a game where things you know everything is is still and then everything is chaos within a second and that was that times 10 like it was you never know what's going to happen and that was just you can't make it up exactly yeah and that that was our first year at tcf Mm -hmm. right or first year yeah one of our first games that kind of brings me to my honorable mention um was also in our first year Teddy Bridgewater's quarterback it's the it's the team that we loved and I distinctly remember driving to the game and this is when FanDuel and and daily fantasy sports is really taking off I'm trying to set my lineup and of course I'm short on budget and I'm like should I put Teddy in as as my quarterback and 
Josiah talks me out of it. All the points <laughs> he makes take make total sense. Like, I think Teddy threw what fifteen touchdowns on the entire year mm-hmm. that year. So I think like, fifteen or fourteen. Yeah, he's not lighting it up. TCF Bank Stadium. We usually are a defensive team, whatever. Um, but it's a Vikings Bears game, and I don't put Teddy in my 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 lineup. And Teddy goes out and throws four touchdowns. One of them is a perfect back quarter fade or mm-hmm. a corner fade to Diggs. Um, he runs throw. runs in another touchdown. And as happy as I was for the Vikings to be beating the Bears. <laughs> Part of me was just looking at Josiah like, you know, just let me live my life sometimes, man. Let me make these mistakes. But it's all for the best. Yeah, never trust me when it comes to anything fantasy related. Um, But yeah, a lot of like really exciting touchdowns in that game. Like like you mentioned, the one to Diggs, which was like just dropped in the breadbasket, like the late, the late hands, the late catch for that. Um, there was the Jerick McKinnon one where he's like coming across the side and like reaches out and somehow keeps his knees off the ground and scores a touchdown. Um, yeah, Teddy, you know, Paul Allen likes to say, like to talk about after the game, after that game he had played, I got five on it and like Teddy got five on it. Um, Teddy had four touchdowns passing, one touchdown rushing um, and the Vikings won big. And this was, this was late in the season. So this was the, um third last game of the season december 20th so this was when the vikings were kind of making that ho- that push for um for home field and for the for the division and a big win for sure and yeah one of the big kind of offensive outputs of that of that season yeah for sure there was one bigger offensive output though which was my um which was the following week and this is my most regrettable sell and by sell in this case i just mean i was not able to attend the game because i was actually in belize um so you took um your took my brother future wife to be at the time did was dina there no i took my I brother chloe went and chloe and spence they got tickets oh. <laughs> so you didn't go no she was okay. not there sorry d um, i've attended one well i've attended two games one was the Lions game yep. that we all went to. The other one was uh, Vikings played the Colts yeah. and lost like thirty. That was when I went on my honeymoon. Yeah, sorry about that one. Um, anyways, this was so this was Sunday night, right? Sunday night football, um, home game, December twenty seventh against the New York Giants. The Vikings won forty nine to seventeen. I remember being in Belize. And that night getting back from church or wherever we were at and checking the score and seeing the Vikings had to somehow put 49 points up. And I was like, what in the world? Like, and just, I remember watching the highlights of that game. There was a pick six by Harrison Smith. There was Kyle Rudolph had like a long touchdown. There was all sorts of stuff. So you were at the game though. So I don't, I mean, you'd know more than me, but it seems like it was just a great night. Um, Sunday night, late in the season, like, closing in on that i think that clinched our, our playoff spot too um just an awesome game yeah it was an awesome game um and for whatever reason um the vikings scored 49 points but what i remember from the game is almost every touchdown was in the opposite end zone um <laughs> that's how it goes the little the little things you remember that was kind of the the closest precursor to the 
the the cold weather at the bank yeah. um i remember it was pretty cold um i had brought like my hunting gear and stuff and it was a great atmosphere mm-hmm. yeah see i was not that one so that was why it was much more of a rude awakening when we got to the negative six all right you have one this is from that season two um for for a regrettable regrettable sell yeah um and this was the same situation where mm-hmm. i believe you went to the game um but i i did not attend um usually when the vikings schedule comes out i check to see what games are over deer hunting and i hope they're away because I usually miss home games over, over deer hunting. And this was one of those. Um, I remember the Vikings played the Rams. The wind was, was howling Mm -hmm. and nobody could do anything going one way in, in TCF. Um, The game went to overtime and Mike Zimmer has the guts to, they win the twink coin toss and he chooses his direction rather than to receive um and it works out and i think part of the reason it's one of it's my most regrettable sell is i love defensive battles like that so i would have just loved to see zim in his element being like as long as i have the wind at my back you can't score on my defense yeah so you kind of buried the lead on this one so this was the game that teddy bridgewater was knocked out um, by a dirty hit by a defensive player for the Rams <laughs> and everyone like, I'm not a, I'm like, I consider myself like a pacifist, but I was ready to like run onto the field and like avenge Teddy as was Mike Zimmer. Looks to run, runs for the first down to the 20 hit by the Marcus Joyner. Flat comes in. Oh, me, you. Um, luckily Sean Hill came in and played decently, mostly handing off the ball to Adrian Peterson, but yeah, it was one of those ones where you were able to really feel that um, being in the elements and like that that's not just something they talk about on TV, but like the wind was a serious factor in that game. And Zimmer, like we were talking about it at the time, um, that was also the game where, so our, our friend Kyle was supposed to come to the game with me, but he um had a baby that morning so he wasn't able to come anymore so (laughs) shout out shout out cam um for being ready to go that morning and coming with me but um like we were talking like it made absolute sense to take the wind in that situation like we could feel it like we were on one end we knew the wind was coming our direction um most of the scoring had been on our side of the field like it just made um it made total sense so think we're gonna take the wind here I don't think the wind's enough of a factor to turn it down. They can take the ball and win. Are you gonna are you gonna score if we take the ball? 30 of the 36 points have been scored with the wind at the back. They can you know you can kick a 50 yard field goal here easy going with the wind. Oh I see you. Yeah. You just stop them twice. Gentlemen. You take the wind, you pin them deep, make them punt into the wind. If we lose the toss, we'll win the toss. Yeah, we got to stop them. Yeah, we we, we want to take the wind. So we win. We want to kick that way. So when they did that, um, I thought it was a great play. It worked out perfectly. They got the stop. They got the ball back, made a field goal to win the game. Adrian Peterson had like a nice run to get them down in into field goal range. So, but yeah, that was um, that was a testy one. Mike Zimmer was mic'd up for that um, for that game and had some 
some pretty iconic audio. Um, but nobody was, nobody was happy with the Rams after that game. And that was, um, that was, that was when he had the, Mike Zimmer had the quote, if we were out on the street, we probably would have had a fight. Mm-hmm. He well, was, Greg Williams he was, was the not, defensive coordinator. Right. This dude, don't even get me started. No, oh, we won't. But yes. So that was a memorable one for sure. Um, and yeah, just interesting. Like when you're outside, like to actually to talk about football being played in the elements, but that was probably one of the most significant like, examples of that. I can remember as far as it actually being true. So, mm-hmm. all right, well, let's get to the, let's get to the main event, which is um, our number one most memorable moment. And that is the Minneapolis miracle. Vikings at their own 39. It's third down. Three receivers right, field, and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No, So this was um, January 14th, 2018. This is our second playoff game attended as season ticket holders and um, first one in U.S. Bank Stadium. This is a divisional round game as opposed to a wild card game. And we were, um, you know, we had some scars already from, from our previous experience and not only that, but just all of Vikings history. But we're coming in, we're, we're, pretty confident I would say with with the team that we had playing the Saints um, who have um, their own you know list of um, it um, uh, how would you describe playoff, it playoff heartbreak playoff I, I heartbreak think is... and like just vitriol that we have towards them um, so a lot of things I remember about this day um, it was snowing as we got in there and throughout the whole game, it snowed. We drove down from, from way up North to get to this game. It was at, it was like three something in the afternoon, three, it's like a weird time, like three forty or something. Um, so it was like that late afternoon time slot. So it's like snowing and light out when we got in and then it got dark. Um, and the other thing is the Vikings are hosting the Super Bowl this year. So we're all in, we are all, all in. As all in as you can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely have our calluses. Obviously, us personally from Shank at the Bank, but we are ready. Yep. Yeah, it was that three that that mid afternoon time is a nice time for a game because you get you know you get your pregame and your tailgate in and stuff, but it's not. You know, I, well, I don't think I got home till like two a.m. that night, anyways. But any, that's another story. But. um it's still not like late. So it was, um, it's the last game of the weekend. It's, you know, what else can you say? It's the playoffs. It's the saints. It's everything on the line and the Vikings 
well, let's let's talk about the pregame first. So inexplicably, T Pain is in the building. He is performing pregame with like DJ Ski and whatever. Like it's just T Pain is here. I don't know what, I don't know how, I don't know why, but we are hyped. John Randall's blowing the Gallahorn. We got the bring it home towels. We got everyone is juiced up. Not a lot of Saints fans, like a lot of Vikings fans. Everyone's all in. And it was just a great atmosphere. What I mean, how did you feel walking into that stadium and, and preparing for that game? Yeah, I just remember the I, I felt like the stadium was fuller than normal early. Everybody mm-hmm. got to the game early. Everybody was in their seats. Everybody was was locked in. Um, I was especially pumped. We I walk into the game and saw a dog with a Brett Favre jersey on, <laughs> a great family favorite in all accounts. Um, I guess not Brett Favre, uh, <laughs> but Brett Favre Vikings jersey to be clear. C- correct. Yep. So we're we're at the game. We're ready. T Pain is there. And DJ Ski does a good job, but mm-hmm. if you can get Teague Payne in the building, people are going to listen. Heck of a game. Um, Still don't know how they pulled that off. We were ready, and and T Payne was was getting us jacked. Yeah, yeah. The one, if I could, if there's only one thing, like one of the greatest days of my life, like I wouldn't change a thing. But if I could change one thing, I don't know how you bring T Payne in to be the like pregame hype guy and then not let him do halftime um it was like this weird i should have looked up the name of the band but it was this weird like folksy like five guys five people playing one guitar at the same time performance you remember this yeah i remember it and it was weird and on their own they may have been great (laughs) but you don't lead with t-pain and then bring out the five guitar or five guy one guitar act at halftime and the vikings led seven i believe 17 zero at halftime so everybody is like we're pumped from t-pain they bear some responsibility for that for what happened in the second half they crushed the first half let's just let's keep rising into and then i don't know nothing against folk music but well i mean not at halftime no that was a bizarre choice but Still good to have TP in there. We'd rather have him there than not. Um, like you said, Vikings come out just absolutely on fire, especially defensively. Um, they're shutting down the Saints, high-powered offense. Everyone, you know, as they do most years, they're like, oh, the Saints are the the dark horse to to make the Super Bowl. Like, watch out for the Saints, like Drew Brees, yada, yada. So the Vikings come out and just put them um, in their place, essentially, as far as, we got early touchdown. There was a rushing touch by, touchdown by McKinnon, I think, was the first one. Um, I'm going to pull it up. But I remember yeah, I think- especially the defense just dominating. There's the pick. There's the pick that um, where Everson like is has his back to Drew Brees and just throws up his arm and deflects it, and Anthony Barr picks it off and probably should have scored, but then he got horse-collared by one of the, um, one of the offensive tackles for – for the saints remember that right yeah yeah that was i'm just trying to figure out so we have a mckinnon is. touchdown we have a four bath field goal we have another latavius murray touchdown these are all or those are yeah this is all in the first half 
So at 17, nothing at halftime, I think it was close to halftime when the saints were like threatening to score. And then the Vikings had that intercept, that second interception. Um, Sandejo had an interception as well on that deep pass where it's like Drew Brees has no arm to get that past that deep. Um, we're, we're rocking, we're rolling. Like we're feeling great. Um, I think even those of us who have become cynical over the years, like both of us have, were riding pretty high and like nothing can stop us now. I wouldn't say feel- nothing can stop us. <laughs> I was, I would like 17 0 halftime. The folks, folksy music is playing. So you're not paying attention. Yeah. You're just in your own thoughts and you're like 17 0. If you come out, you get a couple scores, you, you just hold on to the ball. The defense just continues to do what they've been doing. I, I got to like our chances. Um, and I think the Vikings come out and they have a decently long drive. Um, they don't score, but they hold the ball long enough that even, like you said, even the cynics are starting to believe. Yes. So it all happened very fast. So I remember, and again, this is obviously this ended differently than the shank at the bank, but another one of those things where there's a moment where something small, seemingly insignificant happens. um, And you feel the tide turning. And that was the Michael Thomas blindside hit on Andrew Sandejo. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. So dude is dirty and comes across and hits Andrew Sandejo and knocks him out. Um, on a block like a blindside block which I mean really should have been should have been a penalty but it is what it is so then a few plays after that Michael Thomas scores this is late late in the third quarter Um, I wonder if there's a time stamp on when when was the case I think it was after this the interception Um, but yeah so I'm yep. looking at the box score here. It looks like the touchdown touchdown was with what 6:40 left in the third quarter and then I believe we get the ball back and the first play case throws a pick. Yeah, so the first touchdown it was like we were all pissed because Michael Thomas had just had a dirty play and everything and everyone was pretty up in arms but we're feeling okay. And the thing about Case Keenum, and we don't want to, you know, he was brought in to do a job in relief and did better than anyone could have expected him to do. But you always knew, and Mike Zimmer knew this too, and always talked about it, he was going to have a moment where he throws one up to you, right? He had that horseshoe, like Mike Zimmer said, and we knew at some point it was going to run out. And he has this just inexplicable rolling out throws up a little pop-up and it gets intercepted by it was by marcus williams wasn't it that had the interception um, the yep, safety marcus williams yep so this is where it's like we're in trouble like this is you know we should have been running the ball controlling the clock everything else just an inexplicable play if the vikings had lost that game that would have been the point you know, that you point to as, as kind of the, the turning point and, and what cost them severely. So the Saints score, um, score again, it's 14 to 17. Now uh, the Vikings come back and um, Kai Forbath makes a 49 yard field goal. 
Um, the Saints then drive down and man, so much scoring happened in the last three minutes. So if you remember, there was the Kamara touchdown pass from Drew Brees. This was like over Eric Kendricks who had pretty good coverage, but it was perfect throw, perfect catch with three minutes left. So they take the lead 21 to 20. And at this point, we're kind of just like stunned. Like this happened really fast. Um, it felt like we were up by more than we were, you know, could we actually lose this game? And then the Vikings put together a drive. So they, they drive down. Um, this was when Thielen had that catch where he, um, he got, he got, like held and pass interfered with both on the same route and still went up and caught it. And just a pretty, pretty incredible play by him, like around midfield and they keep driving. And then with a minute and a half left somehow, I don't remember, I should re we should rewatch this, but um, I don't remember how we ended up stalling where we did like just across midfield, but Kai Forbeth has to come out and kick a 53-yard field goal with a minute and a half left. Um, and and at do you remember this how point, you felt going into this? <laughs> remember exactly how I felt. I felt like, man, I have read this book before. 53 yards, I like 27 yards is is exactly mm -hmm. what I'm thinking in my mind. And and <laughs> this field goal. I can't believe he, he made that one either, I guess, but I can't um, believe it. I, I, to this day, I don't remember it being that long. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And 53 is pretty long for Kai. Yes. For him, for sure. I remember, I don't remember if I watched it. Or, I don't think I watched it at all. I was on my knees. I know that um, <laughs> in our row, in our seats <laughs> and yeah, he made it, which was which was pretty. It's very overshadowed, obviously, but that was a pretty incredible kick. And had things gone better for the defense, that would have been that would have gone down in Vikings history um, more than it did. But he makes the kick, um, and the Saints get the ball back with about a minute and a half to go, and they put together a drive. I remember we had. Um, we had them right around midfield outside of field goal range where they needed to, we held them to fourth to have to go for it on fourth down um, fourth and 10 or, or just under 10, um, something like that. And it had been, it had been a situation where Drew Brees had, had targeted Michael Thomas on Xavier Rhodes, three plays in a row and Xavier had, either deflected it or played well, good enough defense that it was incomplete three plays in a row. So we're pretty hyped, like fourth down, like this is the play, this is the stop, this is the game right here. And Breeze hits, I don't remember what receiver, it was like the third or fourth receiver on Mackenzie Alexander. I think it was really Sneed. Yes, it was Sneed, yes. Um, on Mackenzie Alexander on like a little, a little button hook on the left sideline. Um for the first down and we're like we are in trouble now so because their kicker is very solid will lutz um and then the most i remember that in the couple times i've rewatched this game the most underrated play is so they run they then are in field goal range they run the ball a couple times and they have a third and like two 
is like short in order to, if they get this first down, they can run the clock all the way down to zero or, you know, down to three and kick a field goal. And Anthony Harris comes through and stops the run up the middle and makes them, and then we use our last timeout um, or our second to last timeout and force them to kick the field goal with, with 25 seconds left. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I, I, uh, I don't really remember the run stop as well as you do um it's mostly from rewatching it because we didn't have a lot of hope at that point anyway we're like oh great like yeah, at least we you know yeah that's exactly how i was i was like great we stopped them they can kick a field goal and we have time left to not score yep. it was my exact thoughts yes um so he makes the field goal with 25 seconds left they kick off um it's hard to like really remember how we were feeling at that time because of what happened next but it was it would have really because it's a thing where it was like such disbelief that it would have settled in after the fact because it just happened so fast you know what i mean um so we hadn't like i feel like i hadn't like fully like processed like if we had lost that like what that would have how terrible that would have been um but we were just, I remember everyone was standing. Um, it was silent, silent. Um, and we're just like, I guess we're here and we're going to watch them try to do this. But we didn't really think, you know, we had one time out, 20 something seconds. It's like maybe a couple throws. You can get into like another 53 yard field goal or whatever. That's our best case scenario. So we get the ball. I don't think there was any return. I think it was um, a touchback. And then the first play is off is a false start. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like as soon as we fall start in what is the biggest moment up until this point, at that point I had, I had written us off. Yep. There's no Not way. that I hadn't written a, written us off ten times before, but the last shred of hope I had was gone. So after the field goal was made, the people behind us had left. Remember? Um, yep. We never really entertained the thought because we're like, we're gonna sit here for a while and sulk again, like we did last time. <laughs> so we're just gonna stand here and watch. Everyone was like I said, everyone was standing. Everyone was silent. That was like a really weird feeling in the stadium. Um, so we run a couple plays. There's like a quick completion to, I think it was to digs gain like 20 yards timeout. That's our last timeout. And then it goes, um, incompletion, incompletion. And then we get to, to the third down with, with 10 seconds left. So you're at about the, I don't know if there's like a 39 or the 40 with 10 seconds, you need at least 20 yards, if not probably, well, no, probably at least 30 yards, um, 25, 30 yards to get into field goal range. And you need to get out of bounds. You don't have any timeouts. So on that play, I was watching digs the whole time. Cause I was like, if anyone's going to make a play, it's going to be him. Um, all I remember is drop back pass like digs catch everyone in the stadium at the same time yells out get out of bounds 
or thinks it or you know exclaims it somehow in half a second that shifts to like oh my god like <laughs> he turned and he's running and i didn't see him hit the end zone i know you didn't see him hit the end zone what 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 did you do at that point yeah i remember that play and i remember for where our seats are it, it felt like if you extended a line where case threw that that ball backwards it would have went right to our seats like yeah so we're I, in the I, opposite I, corner we're in the we're seeing this from um it's uh, it's to our left and on the um opposite side like the far sideline from us so it's far but we have a good angle of it yeah so i see the ball go up and and digs makes the catch and like you said everyone is thinking get out of bounds and i think i was late to the party to realize <laughs> that don't get out of bounds because I started, I looked at the clock first mm -hmm. and I thought, okay, get 10 more yards and get out of bounds. And then I saw that there was nobody home, nobody yep. left. And at that point, he probably was at the, let's say 25. I turned around and I was <laughs> headed to the rafters. I was climbing as many stairs. Ready to as divest. I could. Yeah, I was. And I remember I ran by. Cowboys fans, friends, and gave him a high five on the way up. And I met my best friends in the world all the way up. Like <laughs> it was, it was a moment that you can't explain. Yeah. Um, I already probably had lost my voice from the game or the entire game before, but just screaming. Um, I remember I called my wife. She couldn't hear anything. And I was <laughs> yelling into the phone. Um, <laughs> and then, and you can talk about how, how it was for you, but, and then the game's like not over because you have to do the, the extra point or the two point conversion. Yes. So like I said, I don't think I saw him hit the end zone because by the time he gets to like the 10 and raises the ball, we know what's happening. One of my favorite videos of all time is the is the sideline cam of the Minneapolis Miracle where it's just the audio where you hear the crowd, you hear when he catches it and everyone's yelling, and then you hear somehow it gets even louder than you think it could have been because everyone realized what was happening and everyone goes crazy. And that's what that's what it was. It was like I said, for some reason you started like climbing to the rows behind us, and I just followed you. I was like <laughs> I was like jumping with the person next to me on the other side. And then I saw you going. So I was like, okay, I guess we're going up. So I um, started climbing up on the chairs, like up, we made it up two or three rows. Probably. Um, I remember hugging the people that are like literally in our row next to us from behind, from like above. Um, Cause we were in the, the row behind. Um, we get back to our row and then it's like, it's like this for like 20 minutes because first of all, Diggs gets there, you know, throws the helmet, has a lot of iconic moments between interviews and um, poses and everything else and just like soaks up the moment in the best way that you possibly can. And then the refs are like, we got to do this extra point. So it's take like it was probably, I don't know what the timer was. It felt like 20 minutes. It's probably actually like five, but it felt like forever, which was awesome because it was like, 
everyone's just like, can't believe this. They're reviewing the play for no reason. Cause it's like, obviously it was good, but they want to make sure. Um, one of my favorite moments is when they show after the game actually officially ended, I'm going to put this audio in he, right here is um, Stefan Diggs's interview where he hears Paul Allen's call of the play on the loudspeakers as he's doing his interview. And it's just super emotional and stuff. It's awesome. Okay, you got to take us through what is the best play of your career. 10 seconds, starting 10. Walk us through what happened after that. I ran around. My QB gave me a great throw. God took care of the rest. He watched the play. A guy ran into another guy. I give all the glory to God. I give him the praise on this great Sunday. What was going through your mind? Were you looking at the jumbotron and you started to run out the tunnel? Explain everything that was going on once you crossed the end zone. I still don't know what just happened. <laughs> I really don't. Yes. All I can say is give it to God because without him, nothing, nothing is possible and I wouldn't be here. So damn, that shit feel good. Can you tell us how down and out this Vikings team felt, you know, thinking that the Saints had just gone up and you guys needed something miraculous to happen? Since I first got here, I never stopped working. Today was when all the work paid off and, you know, God put me in a position and I just try to take, take advantage of my opportunity. So much so much happened in that period of time. Um, everyone, all the saints left, then they came back out. Case Keenum is leading the skull chant. It was just indescribable feeling like, I don't know. It's what is it like to be there for one of the most unbelievable endings in sports? Like you can't imagine it and you can't beat it. Yeah, you can't you can't describe it. We didn't even mention Sean Payton leading the school champ. <laughs> um, and I'm a petty person, so that was even better for me. Um, it, <laughs> I even still get goosebumps hearing like you talk about it and just mm -hmm. go through the, the the play as as we saw it. And um, I I don't remember what I did for a good 15 seconds between yeah. when I realized he was going to score and kind of getting back to our seats. Yeah. Because the thing about it is it's one of those, there's amazing plays that have happened where it's like, it's unlikely, but you know, whether it's a buzzer beater in a basketball game or like even like the Brett Favre to Greg Lewis thing or anything else, it's like, it's improbable, but it's possible. It never crossed my mind that we could score a touchdown from there in that right. moment, you know, <laughs> like right. case isn't throwing it that far. So how are you going to score a touchdown? It was like field goal is our best chance. So to go from within 10 seconds to go from, you know, absolutely apathetic and we've blown another one to Maybe this is, you know, maybe we have a chance to, we're going to win in the, in the most, one of the most incredible finishes ever. All that happened in 10 seconds and 65,000, 68,000, whatever it was, people experienced it together at the same time. 
66,612 yeah, is the attendance. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I just like I'm really happy it happened the way it is because say Diggs did go out of bounds and even if he got 35 yards and it was a 40 yard field goal whatever it is I don't think my heart was ready no (laughs) like knowing what we know about Vikings playoff kickers uh, and I guess Kai had made the one so maybe I should have had more faith but I wouldn't have been ready for another kick yeah yeah that would have been that would have been really rough so that's why it's good that happened so fast um yeah, so it went from there. Um, obviously, unfortunately, the Vikings weren't able to win another one and then get the Super Bowl at home. Um, in a lot of ways, I don't blame them because I was thinking about that play the entire week leading up to the next game. Like I could, so to have a hangover from that, like is is understandable to me. Like people use the example of the Steelers did not win the Super Bowl of the year of the immaculate reception, like. There's other examples. Um, it's it's a high that's hard to come down from, and I certainly did not <laughs> within that week. Not that I'm a player, but um, it's unbelievable. It's still, you know, the greatest sports moment that I've been been able to attend. And I mean, I don't know if it will ever be beaten, other than you know, a Super Bowl someday. I guess would be the only thing. But even that, just the 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 drama of the 10 seconds, like I said, is <clears throat> pretty impossible to, to replicate. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, uh, a, a Super Bowl might be the only thing that comes close, but it, it, it'll be very hard for a Super Bowl to have that range of emotions that quickly and, and end on, a, on an all-time high. Yeah, <clears throat> I would say not to get like existential or whatever, but it's like one of the things I remember thinking about after that play. And then after the Vikings, then, you know, lost in the NFC championship and everything is like, yes, all we talk about is, oh, the Vikings have never won the Super Bowl. That's, you know, our one goal, just one before I die, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's great. Like that is still, you know, the most important thing, but it's not all or nothing. You know what I mean? Like the moments that you have, um, the people that, you know, the, the iconic players that we've had a chance to see over our lifetime as Vikings fans, the entertainment, you know, that we've only captured a small port portion of it since we've been season ticket holders, but obviously it goes back to, to our childhood and stuff too. Um, but that all means something too, you know, like the, history of the franchise isn't all null and void just because they haven't won the Super Bowl. Um, so I would encourage people to, to enjoy the ride, to enjoy the moments um, and know that all of it is, you know, whatever it means to you is, is important and it can be, it can still be something that's iconic and um, special, you know, for you, even if it's not, the Super Bowl, which we're going to get there someday and it's going to be, everything's going to be worth it, but it's, that's not all that there is. You know, there's still these moments too along the way. Right. Exactly. We haven't even gone into a fourth of the the games that we've mm-hmm. attended and 
and we talked for how long on on all these memorable moments yeah Yeah, there's this guy named brandy moss too that had a lot of (laughs) (laughs) exactly so it's it's good to keep that perspective yeah well always good to take a trip down memory lane for the for the good for the bad um it's you know i think we've gotten to have a good um variety and kind of spectrum of what it means to be a Vikings fan in our, you know, we talk about that first season of season ticket holders and how we were able to, you know, latch on to a, to a young up and coming team and then have the, obviously no one wants to have the heartbreak, but it's good to, at the same time, it's like, it's still part of our history, you know? So it's, it's cool to be able to be like, yes, I was there for that, even though it sucked, (laughs) you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, hmm. it, and it's it, not that you have to cap your first season as a season ticket holder off in, in, in an extravagant way, but it's something that obviously we'll never forget um, because it ended the way that it did. Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully there will be, Hopefully this list will um, have additions to it in the, in the next coming, in the next few years. Um, Most of our, I was noticing most of our dates are like 2016, 2017. It's been the last couple of years have been, you know, good, but not a lot of like those iconic moments and stuff. Um, And it does get, it never gets old, but it gets a little bit, you know, as the longer we're season ticket holders, like we've seen things and we've things get less, um, significant at least for the some of the more mundane things and stuff so um but hopefully it's hopefully there's great moments ahead i think just (laughs) with the two playoff games we've had so far just imagine what the next playoff game that we go to whenever that is whether it's this year next year in a few years um the amount of baggage that we're taking into (laughs) that game is gonna be coming in fully loaded to that one um whether it's the highs or the lows um that next playoff game is going to going to have big shoes to fill Mm -hmm. um i'm sure i'll go in excited i'm sure i'll go in nervous um and i am just excited to enjoy the ride yeah a home nfc championship game whenever we get it is going to be um probably too much for me but we'll go for it um Anyways, yeah, I'm rambling at this point. Um, it's good to relive some of these. Um, we've had a lot of memories. We want to um, continue to share, you know, kind of our experiences as season ticket holders and stuff. It's going to be good to have to have Ryan on throughout the season um, in this upcoming season, the 2021 Viking season, um, as we attend some games and share our experiences from from live and in the stadium and some of the things we get to see there and our um, experiences with our um, very character driven section, um, and the people that we get to get to take in these games with and stuff. So, so that'll be good, um, moving forward, but thanks for going through these last five, six years, Ryan, with me. Um, it's fun to, to relive all the, it's been a lot already, man. (laughs) It's been, (laughs) it's crazy how, how fast it's gone, but how much we've been able to, to experience already. Yeah, for sure. No, I love, <laughs> loved putting this list together and, and love talking about it with you and can't wait to 
add or adjust to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Thank you again, sir. And school.